This is Just a Few Questions from Chicago. I'm your host, Mark Sims, and I have FX on the phone. FX, what's up, man? How you doing, brother? It's been a long time since we did one of these. Yeah, well, you know, you got to do something because the podcast, uh, I'm maintaining my sanity. You know what I'm saying? So uh, you, wrote a bo- you. you wrote a book, FX, about is uh, Desable City the name, right? Desable City. Desable City, the underside of Chicago. Tell us all about Desable City. Desable City, the underside of Chicago, is 12 short stories featuring black people and featuring Chicago. So it's 12 short stories featuring black people in Chicago. The genres range from thrillers, dramas, uh, science fiction, horror, and fantasy. So it's, it's, um, um, this is my contribution to the newest renaissance in African-American storytelling. Um, and this is my first book. I'm presently writing on this follow-up and three other books all at the same time. So I'm writing four books at the same time. But The Sable City, The Other Side of Chicago, published by Black Rain Publications, is in Black-owned bookstores in Chicago, the Underground Bookstore, Afterwear Bookstore in, in uh, I think that's Maywood or Bellwood. I can't remember exactly where. And Frontline International Distribution. And it's also available on the dreaded Amazon, the trillion-dollar corporation. Tell us, tell us at least, uh, give us a little uh, idea, a little taste of one of those 12 stories. So one of the stories, actually the first story is very um, personal. The the 12 stories, they started off as a writing exercise, actually. Um, a few years ago, I think it was 2016, um, I had a profound spiritual experience. And I decided, you know, I didn't. I wanted to write it down so I don't forget it. And I decided to, well, what if I wrote it down in a narrative form, in a story form? And because, you know, if anybody knows my history, I've written for Frontline Magazine, Mosaic Magazine, Blackfist. I've written hard political articles, you know, for years. And I wanted to see if I could write fiction. So I took my spiritual um situation, spiritual experience, and wrote it down as fiction. And when I did it, I looked at it, I was like, hey, that's, I did pretty good, if I do say so myself. And later on, I decided, well, let me see if I can write one short story per month, every month of 20, I think it was 2017, uh, just to put myself through a writing exercise, just to see if I could do it. And I did it. And by the time November, I don't know, by the time October came around, I realized I got enough for a book. And what I did was I published all the stories. I forgot to say this. I published all the stories in um, on, online on a website called Tumblr. So I would write it out, publish it on Tumblr, have people go read it for free, tell me what they think of it and all that. And they, I got good, good responses. And like I said, by, by October, I realized I got enough for a book. So... You know, I started looking for public um, publishers to see who can publish my book. But regarding the first story that kicked it off, the first story is named Midnight Mass. And it's the only story that's semi-quasi-autobiographical, if I could say that. 
and it's about a man having a, uh, uh, a strong spiritual experience and confronted with his past when he goes to midnight mass in his old school. That's exactly what the story is, and that's exactly what happened with me. And, of course, when I put it in, in the book form, you know, I wrote it out twice. I wrote it out personally for me, obviously. And then when I wrote it out in book form, of course, I put some fiction with it, you know, to capture the reader a little bit more and, and screw the reader's mind a little bit. Um, so I'm, I wouldn't say I embellished, but I dramatized some aspects of my experience and made that the first chapter to uh, a, a very first, the, the first chapter that, is, that comes in very calm and cool and silent and all of a sudden it just ramps up into the experience I had, which was, which is very weird to this day to me. That so this that's, means that's event, a, eventually these. Are, the first. Yeah, I'm sorry, cutting you off. Eventually, these stories will be on Netflix at some point, right? <laughs> HBO Max. I've had people. Yeah, I've had people. You know, say that these should be on television. I, I one of my readers said that she wants to um, send it to Jason. Uh, I'm sorry, not Jason. Jordan Peele. So I don't know. We'll see. I'm very open to well, it. Well, you gotta go get an agent, FX. You know that. An agent and a lawyer, because I don't want what happened to Sophia Stewart to what to, you know that happened to me. Well, that stuff happens all the time. Uh, but the but the bottom line is that other than the spiritual experience, did you talk about some of the uh, modern day dramas uh, dramas in Chicago on, in your book, The Sable City? Everything I would ever do is always going to come back to something um, political, something geopolitical, economic, social issues. So all twelve of the stories. Um, all have a very prominent social political backdrop to them. So there are characters, Chicagoans, regular people, black folks, um, having these extraordinary experiences within the backdrop of a lot of social political issues, gentrification, um, police terrorism, police abuse. There's one story where the characters are acting within uh, a protest, a protest of, uh, of police brutality. And they're searching for each other in the, uh, in, the, in, the, in the riot. The protest grew into a riot. And then something extraordinary happens, you know, during the protest. I'm not, or obviously, I'm not going to give it away yet about a book. But um, yeah, every chapter, just about every chapter, if I if I remember correctly, it's been a year since I've written it and read it. But yeah, every chapter, there's one chapter actually that's about a um, uh, a, a candidate running for mayor for Chicago. And so with that chapter, I had a lot of fun revisiting or putting in there a lot of the different little nuances of Chicago politics. So that one was was very. Um, fun to write. It's called the People's Candidate. Wow. And that's, I believe that's actually chapter two. So wow. yeah, and a, every story has a has a strong political backdrop to it. Well, I can't let you go, FX, uh, from this podcast without talking about good old Chicago, one of those northern cities that many Negroes who uh, are you know some of our families fled the South for a lot of different reasons and came up here. <laughs> now. Things have changed so much. There's no reason to live up in the north unless you really like winter. Although the winter is not, <laughs> although the winter is not as bad as it used to be, because global warming is very good to us. 
or uh, so what, what, let's talk about the future. When I say Chicago, I, I mean Minneapolis. When I talk about Chicago, y'all from other cities, Minneapolis, Chicago, Detroit, Cleveland, whatever, then these northern mm-hmm. towns that the uh, Negroes, our, our forefathers and uncles and aunts came up here years ago to these northern cities. Uh, what's the future of Negroes in the north? Let's, I, I'm not talking about the south. I'm talking about actually the northern cities, including uh, New York and Philly. What do you see us doing in the next 20, 30 years? Are we still going to be protesting, crying about Black Lives Matter 20, 30 years from now? Or something else is going to happen? Actually, it's, weird. it's interesting you say it. You asked me that question like that because I'm pretty sure the way life is and the way time is, someone asked somebody else that same question 20, 30 years ago about whether or not we were going to still be protesting police brutality, you know, <laughs> and a lot of things that we're protesting. And then 20 years before that, someone asked somebody, hey, do you think in about 20, 30 years we're going to be still protesting, you know, police brutality and, and, and you know, the poor uh, situations in Chicago? And, and I say that to say that this is clearly history repeating itself and too many of us are not learning from the from the mistakes of history and not learning enough from history to do something different and in regards to black people in period in america but specifically in chicago whatever will happen with black people in america and what will happen what happened with black people in chicago is based on what will happen to chicago Whatever happens with black folks in America will happen is based on what will happen to America. And I say that because we thoroughly integrated ourselves in every level of this society, well, almost every level of this society, as much as we can, out of aspiration and out of survival. And we are deeply entrenched into this society to where the choices that we as a group, if you want to say we've made a choice as a group, but obviously we have, the choices that we were presented with was in terms of our oppression, do we a um, revolutionize and overthrow the system and put up a, a system that's more just, or do we b separate and go away from the system and forge our own nation away from here, or c do we integrate and turn the system into something more um, in, in, into its original principles that was outlined in the Demo- in the uh, Declaration of Independence and the and the, the lofty language of the Constitution. Well, black folks have chosen collectively have chosen C to assimilate. So with that, the ter- what comes with that is economic downturns, um, foreign foreign uh, uh, aggressions towards America and foreign geo international geopolitics affecting America and we get caught up in that. And because now it's not it's not only in and this might come weird, you know, it might, it might seem weird coming from me for anybody who's known me, but this is also a class issue as well. And the elites of America, the United States of America, they have no problem. The rich elites have no problem kicking the crap out of their own white middle-class and poor white brothers and sisters. They don't care. They clearly don't care. And I would say that the year 2020 alone, if this year has not revolutionized and politicized radically people of goodwill 
against this government, against this corporate structure, if they haven't gotten it to that point in 2020, then I, I don't know what I don't know what would make people what would radicalize the average American, not just black folks, but the average American. Now, in terms of black folks, like I said, whatever happens with America, whatever happens with Chicago, it's going to happen in Chicago. We're get, we, we've been moving out of Chicago. We've been priced out. We've been taxed out. We, the violence is getting on our nerves. The schools are crap. We're moving out into Hazelcrest. We're moving out to, to, to Country Club Hills, Olympia Fields, you know, a lot of the south suburbs. Some of us are moving to St. Charles, to Aurora. Uh, I don't know about Aurora, <laughs> but a lot of us are moving, are moving north or whatever. And even further than that, a lot of us are moving completely out of the state because, you know, Chicago has an exodus problem, but the state of Illinois has an exodus problem. And it's because of, you know, the way this, the city and the state is run. It's horribly run. Uh, and we see that with the, you know, 2020 pandemic situation. So, I mean, there is a push among uh, some black folks. I see this could help that um, there's a push among some black folks to, to uh, with this idea of setting up black populated towns in rural areas, a lot of unincorporated small towns in, in you know, in Southern parts of a uh, out, just outside the, the, the ring of Cook County in uh, other places, you know, outside, you know, and, and we hear about the, uh, the brothers and sisters, the 19 black folks in Georgia, in Georgia yeah. who wanted to, yeah, who want to put together a town out there. And it's interesting that that news piece came up because I was in meetings with black folks who were saying the same thing. We should do that with down South with Kimbroke or, or, where the Black Oak yeah, Farm yeah. is, all you know, all down south. There's a there's an area down south, straight south of Chicago, uh, off of Route One or near Route One, wow. that's like primed to be purchased and developed. And there was a lot of black folks saying, you know, we should we should buy that and turn it into something. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's an option, but you know, black the future does not look good for black folks because the future does not look good for Chicago because the future does not look good for America. For, you know, in terms of, you know, we're like working, yeah, working, working, yeah, working class, you know, yeah, yeah, poor people. Yeah. And which is always, which is nothing new. This is a capitalist system. So, okay. Well, I, Hey, I can't thank you enough for doing the program. I mentioned that book again and uh, FS mentioned your book again and give us a closing, quick closing statement. Dusabo City, the underside of Chicago, a Black Rain publication. The author is FX Osakure. A lot of people knew I was going to write a book. They did not know I was going to write this type of book. 12 short stories of African Americans in Chicago, featuring Chicago, featuring African Americans, horror, science fiction, fantasy, drama, thrillers. Available at all your black owned bookstores in Chicago and available on Amazon Prime.